Welcome back. This is the Paul Chabot Show, where we are focused on keeping our country strong. Today's uh, episode is going to focus on fentanyl. Look, I have a uh, obviously keen interest like all of you in making sure that this nation uh, doesn't go down the toilet. And to do so, we got to make sure that our kids are being raised uh, in a society where drugs are not flowing literally into the schools, every school across this country. So um, today uh, I am bringing in a, a previously recorded segment for a nonprofit um, that I work with. And I recently interviewed a father named Mike Land. He lost his son uh, to a fentanyl overdose. And his story uh, could be any parent's story. It is about tragedy, but it's also about what a father is doing to help bring attention uh, to, to this loss, to this tragedy. Look, uh, what we have going on today with the open borders, the fentanyl pouring across uh, over 100,000 deaths, the cartels that have moved into our country, it is, it is, a, it is a, a disaster. And so look, if we're going to look at our nation and how do we keep our country strong, it starts with our kids. Uh, we can't lose our kids. We're losing a generation right now. And so please, this segment coming up that you're going to listen to attached to this piece right now is a father, an interview with myself and a father um, who lost his son named Preston. God bless. Here you go. Hi, this is Paul Chabot, Drug Free McKinney and Coalition Drug Free Texas uh, here joined today uh, with a local parent, uh, Mike Land. Mike Land has a... Uh, uh, very uh, sad story to share about his son that died from a fentanyl overdose a little over two years ago. And um, I asked Mike um, if, if he would please uh, share his story and what he's doing to bring awareness to his issue and in, in remembrance of his son, uh, Preston, right? Right, Mike? Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, Mike, thanks for being with us. Um, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. You know, social media has been helpful in many ways, at least from a parent perspective and getting this out. And, you know, you reached out after seeing a post um, that we had put out there, I think on next door. And then that's how we got connected. And, you know, the, the sad thing is you're not the first parent, you're actually the third parent um, that has reached out that has lost um, someone from an overdose here locally. And, and, and I just think about this and that is, you know, that's just a small number of people that have seen this. How Right. How big is this problem? And, uh, you know, where are we going from here as a society and what can we do? And, uh, I'll, sir, I'll turn it over to you. Um, okay. But, but thanks for joining us, Mike. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Um, yeah, it was January 5th of 2021 that I got the call. I was actually in Arizona and uh, my ex-wife called and said that uh, Preston was gone. And of course, I thought gone where? You know, like he left. And she said, no, gone. He's dead. And she is a nurse. And uh, basically they did it. He basically took a pill, a Percocet and sat down in his chair, was about to start playing some video games. And his mom came the next morning, found him still sitting in the chair um, and was passed away at the time. Of course, they ran the autopsy and it took 12 weeks to get a toxicology report back. And it was 100 percent fentanyl. There was no Percocet in his system. Um Preston did. He was 25 years old when he passed away. And, you know, he was like any other high school student. He tried stuff in high school. He went to McKinney Boyd High School. 
Um, never really got into the what they call the dangerous drugs. He did partake in marijuana every once in a while and had the THC vape pen cartridges that I know he messed with. But um, was it suicidal? Was it anything? That, that was my first thought is suicide. Did he take something? Um, but I talked to all of his friends and he was in a great mood that night. Just went to Waterburger with his little sister and uh, just got a hold of a bad pill. And uh, you know, I'll be honest, the first year after he passed away, I just spent a year in anger, you know, at the, the border issue with everything. I contacted politicians, anything I could do. Um, then I got a call from Sheriff Skinner in McKinney, uh, Collin County. And Preston's cousin worked at the county jail. She had been in administration for 30 years. And Sheriff Skinner had said, hey, Tanya, didn't you have a family member that died? And so basically they got in touch. I went and met with the sheriff and uh, some of his guys. And he kind of went over the numbers in October of 2021. Just tell me it was about a 400 percent increase in the fentanyl overdose. Uh, and 70 percent of those were one time users. And then I think now the last time I had heard. Well, in fact, I just got the numbers from the medical examiner. We're at a 685% increase in overdose fentanyl deaths uh, in the past two to three years. Um, and it's it's a number of 58. And some people might say, well, that's not a lot of people. Well, you know, one is too many that's in right. my books. And uh, so basically, I just decided, you know, October 27th, his birthday last year, I just put on Facebook. I said, you know what, to bring awareness I'm going to go out to 25 national parks and just, and the reason I pick national parks is just to get away from what I call the concrete jungle, you know, just get out there. And, um, and I decided I'm going to ride seven miles on my bike inside the park. Seven is the number of completion in the Bible. And as I did that, I also started to decide to climb to the tallest peak and do a memorial service. And it was part of my grieving process as well. And, and I've worked with my church with grief groups and things of that nature. And I thought if I could share my story and my grief as well, that would help other parents or people that have lost loved ones. Um, it's going great. I've, I've done seven parks. I'm leaving in two days to do six more. And uh, it's getting a lot of attention. I basically now read the names of lost loved ones before each ride that I can. I've probably got 20 or 30 names that I've already read and uh, from all over the United States. So I'm getting a lot of traction out there. Um, and we're just trying to bring awareness to this issue, you know, and I do get a lot of people that have said, which is sad, well, you know, he's a drug addict. He gets what he deserved. And to be honest, he wasn't what most people think is a drug addict. And then I come back and I say, well, do the drug addicts deserve to be poisoned as well? Nobody wakes up every morning and says, you know, what do you want to be, Johnny, when you grow up? Well, I was going to be a lawyer, but I'm going to try this drug addict thing for a while. It, it doesn't happen that way. So, um, and it is most of these people that are dying are one-time users. You know, they just got a hold of the bad pill. Um, I know that they're, I've spoken with guys. The fact, the guy that works on my bicycle, I won't use his name, but he lived up in Northern California and he was actually a pot farmer. Yeah. And he actually decided to get out of it because the cartel came in there, took over their business there. And he knows that they're spraying marijuana now because marijuana, yeah. I, I'm not a, you know, I tried it back in high school, but I don't think it's as addictive as most drugs. But I think that's why they're trying to make it addictive. So I'm just out there trying to do whatever I can. You know, I moved to McKinney in 1995 when there was 30,000 people. And I thought I'm going to get away from Dallas, you know, get away from all the bad stuff. Yeah. And bam, here we are. And 
So, you know, I, I met with uh, Serenity High School. I'm not sure if you're aware of those guys. I so, am. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was invited to join their board Monday night. Um, so I'm going to start doing whatever I can with those guys. And that is awesome. And just so the uh, folks watching, uh, Serenity High, it's a high school here in McKinney, Texas. Um, Serenity, obviously, we all know what that means, but it's a, it's a small group of select students that are that have had some substance abuse um, incidents during their academic time so far, and they're pulled into a closer knit academic community, hence the name uh, Serenity High. So uh, great purpose and what a blessing to have you on the board there, Mike. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, my friend and an old friend, Jason, that's on the board there, Jason Hernandez, who I've known um, for a number of years. So yeah, I'm just trying to get out there and do the best I can just to make. And, you know, I did an interview, a friend of mine from high school, he does videos for a living and he did the interview and the camera guy said, what would be your success story at the end of this? And I said, honestly, if one kid came home and said, mom, dad, you know, that guy pressed in that video you showed me or whatever, somebody was passing around a pill at a party and I decided not to take it. That'd be a success story. And I'll be honest, I've had hundreds of people now tell me that they've talked to their kids and, yeah. you know, does it mean we're going to stop everybody? You and I were both teenagers, peer pressure. And, you know, it's it's something tough out there. But if we can make a difference and if I can get one person, then maybe that one person can share it to another person and hopefully just stop this. You know, I, I hate the numbers out there. You know, we're I say anywhere from two to three hundred a day are dying from this. And that's that's a plane crash every day. And for some reason, we're not doing something about it. I mean, if the plane crashed every day, we would be you know, <laughs> something. So, um, so yeah, I'm just doing whatever I can to get out there and talk to people. I talk to the police departments when I'm out and about driving around and places, make sure they have Narcan in their cars. I know even the city of McKinney right now, I'm hoping they get Narcan in their police cars, but currently they don't carry Narcan. Really? Okay. I did not know that. Um, yeah. uh, okay. I, I, I will ask and thank you for that. Um, so. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know if you know, but just last night, um, city or uh, McKinney Independent School District sent out a, a e-blast to all parents. And that e-blast was on fentanyl and how one pill can kill. And they shared a, a DEA announcement. Um, look, that I think is really important because it's telling the parents, you got to talk to your kids about this. Right. And if we could replicate that across this country. But, you know, it, it's personal stories, Mike, and what you have have been through and what you're doing now. Also, what's the, what's the website that you could share so others can uh, follow your journey and, and, and right. message. Yeah. It's 25 Preston seven.com. The number two, five Preston seven.com. And uh, so, yeah, I actually got that letter. I think it was the SRO that got that letter and sent it out. Uh, I think uh, Mark over at uh, Serenity sent me that letter oh, good. multiple times. And yeah, it's just, you know, even at my church on Wednesday nights, we work with recovery patients or with people in recovery at our church. Yeah. And, you know, we've got security there, you know, that are on, you know, what do you call it? Uh, they're not in uniform, but police officers and state troopers and they've got it. And, you know, when I went and talked to the McKinney police department, it was probably, maybe it was in January. And I went up there and I said, why, you know, why don't you have Narcan in the cars? And they said, well, the first responders are the, you know, fire department, they carry it. And I said, well, usually the police officers are there before they are. And I said, we, we've all seen the stories of the officers touching something, falling over. You know, my next door neighbor is the chief deputy at Plano Police, and they've got a strict policy that if you 
think anything you get gloved up, you put your mask on, you do everything before you touch it. And, you know, I, I hope that they're going to get it. I know that there's a new chief maybe that's coming in or did come in. And I'm hoping that we can get it, you know, Narcan the cars. Yeah. Look, we'll follow up with that. And, okay, and yeah. uh, I know that on our website at drugfreemckinney.org, uh, we have some resource links and anybody right. in Texas, anybody can get Narcan. And so we also have a video on drugfreemckinney.org about how to use Narcan. I don't have a sample here with me, but we have another batch of, I think, 48 that arrived today, and we'll be passing those out. Okay. Look, depending when you're watching this, this video, it could be after the fact, but our our uh, next quarterly networking meeting in McKinney is going to be the 24th of um, uh, this month, of February at noon. And uh, anybody can go to our website, RSVP. We're going to hand out that Narcan as a first come, first serve. Look, it's not an illegal or legitimate product to have. There's no harm to you from having it. It's a very simple product on how to use it. And look, Mike, I agree. I think we're at a point in society now where not just, you know, a police should have it. Uh, everybody in your school, a public school, every school, in fact, it should almost be as common as CPR, right? You should know CPR first aid and how to use Narcan and where to get it. That's a sad state of affairs that that's where we are in this country. Right. You know, over a hundred thousand um, deaths. I, uh, if you look at the McKinney ISD stadium, the number of people that die in this country every year could fill that stadium nine times over. Yeah. And um, you know, you said something really important that, and, and we don't want to shame uh, the addicts. Look, I'll, I'll be 49 next month. I went through drug rehab when I was 12. I've been working with addicts for over three decades. This is a disease. And like you said, Mike, nobody wakes up one day and says, hey, I want to be a heroin addict or I want to overdose tomorrow. It's not like that. Um, but where we fail, we're failing in this country. We're failing in the state. We're failing in our community. We got to be honest about it. Right. We are. And, um, you know, so the the stories of parents like like Mike here, what we hope that really does here is gets it, it gets into your household with your kids. I got four kids. My house is not immune. I completely understand, Mike, that any one of them could be susceptible, even if taking candy now, which is oh, yeah. what we got to warn people about, right? And or vaping, what they think they could be vaping tobacco could have something else in it. And we know kids are vaping in our in our school bathrooms. I mean, my God, it, it's it's everywhere. And so the, the message from the DEA is like one pill can kill, like don't even, don't even try this stuff or whatever it is. Um, the other resource that we've worked on here in McKinney, it's with a company called Any Lab Now. They do drug testing. And in, yeah, in the schools, they do drug testing occasionally for athletes, uh, extracurricular. And so what we thought we would do is amplify this. And on our website, you can click on drug testing and any parent can take their kid in. It's a reduced rate, just mentioned drug-free McKinney. And look, you know, the point is, is you're not probably going to catch, you know, fentanyl in their system because if you do, it's, they could likely be dead at that point. Right. But the, the point is, I think, you know, Michael, what we're really trying to drive at is that we need to give kids an out because peer pressure is so strong. And if their kids can say, hey, look, I can't touch that because my parent drug tests me. I don't want to get busted. That could potentially hopefully be enough. It's not a silver bullet. But right. the other big part of this, Mike, is just what we're doing is that going into every household's living room through this video, not just in the Kenny, but across the country saying, you got to have a talk with your kids. And right. if you don't want know what fentanyl is, you got to go research it. If you don't know what Narcan is that can help potentially save a life from an overdose, you need to go look what that is. On our website, drugfreemckinney.org, you can order it for free. I think it comes out of um, Houston and they'll mail you uh, a two pack. And as a nonprofit, we're getting a 48 pack here that we're going to 
distribute, but that's just a drop uh, in, in the bucket. And so, um, and you, you probably know this better than me, but I've even, cause I'm in the, the oncology industry. So I've been on the diagnostic side and also on the pharmaceutical side. From what I understand, even if you give somebody a Narcan and or spray, after that point, we want to make sure that you call the police, call the ambulance or something, because from what I understand, I know fentanyl will stay in your system a lot longer than the Narcan will. And I've seen people where they've given them four or five doses, even on police officers. So, you've, you know, they got to get them to the hospital and get them hooked up to an IV on this yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, it's just that's what I tell people is even though you hit them with a Narcan, get them to the hospital or something. So yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Like the first call is always nine one one. It's like CPR, right? It's like, Hey, somebody yeah. call, get help. And then when you use that first dose of Nar Narcan and you know how you use it, you just put it, you put the little device in the, in the person's nose and you, you push it in. Um, it doesn't impact you. And you got to wait two to three minutes. If there's no effect, then you can use another one and yeah. another one and another one. I've talked to some officers that have used four or five multiple right. Multiple doses, um, and look, it doesn't always work either. Yeah. It, and so, but it's the best I think that we have at this point, and time is of of the essence. Yeah, Mike, tell us a little bit more about about you know Preston, and uh, if you if you wouldn't mind, just you know his story as a kid. I know you shared a little bit, just you know, an ordinary kid having fun. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was just a normal. He was a big movie freak. I mean, he loved movies. That was our deal. Every Sunday morning, we would go to the first movie Sunday morning, sit the very, very back and watch a movie. I mean, he could tell you the producer's name, just anything. He just loved movies. You know, when he was a little kid, he loved, I think Power Rangers were big when he was little and he loved playing with those. Just a, a great, funny kid. Um, and then he was excited. We, uh, we had, he had a little brother and his little brother passed away too. So I lost both of my sons. He died in 2005. And it was a medical condition. So, you know, I think he got a little down there because he thought, Hey, I'm going to have another brother because on his mom's side, his mother and I were divorced. She's got three daughters. So he's like, yeah, I need some guys around here. All these little girls running around. So, but he was just a great kid. And, you know, he's, he went off to Texas tech. Um, and did some uh, classes there and then came back. But I mean, he isolated sometimes, but he was always wanting to get in good shape. And that's when I got the call, you know, that he had passed away. I thought, man, we were just talking, we were in this contest to see if he could get the best shape and all this kind of stuff. And his best friend, they were working out, they were supposed to go work out the next day. So it was just a shock. You know, my first thought was suicide, but, you know, of course we didn't know, but he was just a great kid. You know, I went to McKinney Boyd, um, just loved to love to have fun. He loved movies and uh, just hanging out with his buddies and whatever he could do. And so, you know, I it was sad because I remember just in October before he passed away, my uncle had passed away. And I said, Preston, I said, look, I did your little brother's funeral. I did your grandfather's funeral, my father and now your great uncle's funeral. I said, the next funeral, you're doing mine. I didn't realize in two and a half months that he'd be doing, you know, I mean, that I'd be doing his. I mean, you're not supposed to, nobody's supposed to lose a child. And I thought, well, I've lost both of my children. So that was just, you know, so I just, you know, I decided to take that suffering and use it to help other people. And I know that, you know, I'm finishing this journey. We're video and a lot of it. We're going to put something together at the end of it. I want to put a book together, you know, to dedicate it to, um, his niece 
that was on his sister, uh, my sex stepdaughter. She just had a child. And I got to tell this story. It's the coolest thing. She said that she wanted to get pregnant and have a boy and she wanted it born on his birthday. So she did get pregnant and her due date was like November 3rd. And she went to the doctor and said, is there any way that we can induce on October 27th, Preston's birthday? And he said, yeah, as soon as long as there's no medical problems, she gave birth to a daughter on October 27th, his birthday. She named him Ellie Preston. Aww. And it turns out it was the same doctor that delivered Preston <laughs> McKinney 27 <laughs> years ago. So it's just a cool story. So, you know, I just I just want to get out there and just try and help, you know, one person from not doing this. And, you know, it's not just, you know, when I think about, you know, you're at a party and stuff. I think of these these West Point cadets that went down to uh, Florida. I don't know if you heard about them last year. That the four of them tried cocaine and the other two tried to help them just by touching them. They died as well. So it's, you know, that's the scary thing is not only to talk to the kids, don't take it. But if you're around it, you know, uh, you don't even want to be around it. I mean, it's 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 scary. It's very. Scary. How have you heard that the stuff is getting into our communities? Um, well, I know it's coming through the border and I know that a lot of it is. You know, what they see on the news is, oh, we caught, you know, four pounds of something. Well, I've talked with the DEA. I've talked with Sheriff Skinner and I've talked with a lot of other people, even when I'm down on the border going, you know, back and forth to Arizona sometimes. That's 10 percent of what's coming in. And the cartel knows that they're going to lose some of the shipments. So whatever we're getting, whatever that is, another 90 percent is getting through. Uh, what else is happening is now that the cartel is setting up shops in all the major cities yep. and they're setting up little I don't want to call them clinics, but they're pressing out 100,000 pills a, a week is what their job is. You know, they're coming in, taking over the regular drug trade in the United States where we just had drug dealers here. They're coming in and taking that over now. And, you know, people ask me, why do they want to kill their customers? You know, I was going to ask you that as well. That's that's probably one of the biggest questions. Like, well, they want to make money, but why are they do, do they really want to kill? What? How do you respond to that? I respond by the fact that you might get a bottle, say you go and buy a bottle of 30 Percocet off the street, yeah. you know, and you could even test for some of them. And if you just test the first couple ones with the test strips, that might not show fentanyl. The rest might be. Um, yeah, they don't want to kill their customers. It's bad for business. Yeah. However, when it kind of first started is it would be like you and me. We're not chemists, but we don't want to get into the drug business. We get a pound of fentanyl. We're going to start pressing pills ourselves. I'm not a chemist. You're not a chemist. We don't know how much to put in there. So it's a lot of, you know, mishandling, not knowing what they're doing. Um, I also know that a lot of people that have taken fentanyl that are hooked on fentanyl, their body gets immune to it from what I understand. And the first time users is where it really hits. And, you know, I've talked to a friend of mine that does prison ministry in Arizona and there's women in there in the jails and the prison that they're smoking four or five fentanyl pills a day. And the reason they smoke it is because they found it it's less lethal is what they're thinking that it is. So, you know, it's you got too many people passing around stuff and not knowing what they're doing. And it's just your you know your body, if you can, if you're immune to it. And that's why the biggest thing is these one time users. You know, it's going to affect them different. So what would you say to the parent or parents that are like, hey, not my kids. Right. I watch them. We go to church on Sundays. We eat dinner together never, never in a million years is this going to happen to my my kids. What would you say to those parents? 
Well, the first question I'd ask is, do they have any friends? Do they go to school? Are they on social media? Do they watch TV? They're going to be influenced by something. And second, has your parent, has your child ever hid one thing from you? <laughs> and I would ask that parent as well. When you were in high school, did you ever get peer pressure? Did you ever say, yeah, hey, I'm having a bad day. Take this, you know, take a shot of this. You know, it's they know it, but they do. They just think of this as an issue for people that what you see on the street is somebody with a needle in their arm. They think my child's not that child. And then I just let them know that, you know what? Mine wasn't either. And 70% of these people are one-time users. We've all been to high school and we've all been to a high school party or something. Somebody's going to pressure you into something, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, I would love it if social media wasn't around, to be honest. I agree. Uh, it's it's a we, double-edged sword, right? Yeah, like we yeah. wouldn't, they couldn't spread all this stuff. At the same time, we couldn't spread this message, but this message might not need to be spread if we didn't have right. just this yeah. craziness in our, in our times. You know, you mentioned something about um, uh, your kids' friends, and that's so true. Research shows that one out of five kids right now, 20%, are, are using something. And so if, you're, if your son or daughter's got four other friends, statistically within that group of five, somebody can impact the rest in yeah. a negative way. And so, yeah, that peer pressure is huge. That's why we try to bring in uh, and promote this um, drug testing program, non-punitive. Nobody gets in trouble. It's just one more way to get your kids to at least feel like they can tell their buddies, you know, hey, I might like to do that, but man, my mom or dad drug test me and I don't want to get busted down. The other thing I would tell a parent is the situation that I'm kind of in when, when they think, oh, he lost a son. Okay. So that affects the son that passed away. And then the parents also, it affects down the generation. I will never have grandkids, you know, biologically, unless I decide to get married again. And at my age, I'm probably not going to, but I would say that each person that passes away can affect 10 to close to a hundred people down the road. Cause that could have produced family. It could have produced children. You know, that daughter that's in high school, Every daughter dreams of getting married, meeting Prince Charming, having 2.5 kids. That's over. And that's what I would tell the parents. Is, I mean, the, the parents now is, do you want to have grandchildren to spoil? Is it just talk to the kids? That's all it takes. Spend a little time. I know in society now, two parents, they're career focused. You know, they get home. All they want to do is get dinner ready, you know, get the kids to bed, whatever. Just take five or 10 minutes and just drill it in them. You know, and, you know, I would, you know, I've got a picture of my son in a coffin. You know, I would love to just put that out there saying, here you go. Is this what you want to look at at the end of the day? Or do you want to take that five minutes to talk to them? Yeah, they're not drug addicts. Talk to them. You know, it's so it's yeah, it's uh, but I know that it's doing some good out there. Some people are contacting me and that next door app, you know, I'd never knew about it. And a friend of mine told me try it and I put it on there. And I think within 48 hours, I had 400 comments or something at one time. Yeah. And just people telling me I lost a child. I lost, a, I know somebody right. in Alabama that lost a child and it's, you know, it's not racial. It's not, you know, your income level. It's, it's everybody out there. So, and I'm also trying to push fathers that have lost children. Uh, what I've noticed is when you see these nonprofits and foundations, it's always the mother that is doing something and the dad stands behind because we're not supposed to show emotions. We're strong and we'll be there for the rest of the family. 
So I'm trying to get fathers out there to push this as well as, and I've got a guy in Vermont that uh, he's doing this as well. He's doing a marathon for his son that passed away. So um, yeah, so just anything we can do. So, well, I think, you know, to take comfort in the fact that, and you might not see all the fruits of, of your hard work and your sacrifice and what you went through, but um, having been in this realm for quite some time, your story uh, and and the tragedy of what you went through has already saved other lives, yeah. many lives that you will never know about yeah. Uh, yeah. just because somebody's going to see this. Somebody's going to talk to their kids. Those parents are going to be at coffee with another parent saying, hey, I saw this video. Have you talked to your kid? And so um, if there's any comfort to take out of this loss, it's doing exactly what it is that, yeah. that you're doing. Because um, really, I mean, this is good and evil. And and, yeah. and 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 evil is destroying uh, kids literally. And yeah. um, do you feel like the problem is getting better or worse right now at this time in our country? I think it's getting worse. I really do. I think it's worse. And you know, it's you know, and just to back up a little bit, I was thinking about the the parents that don't think their kids are drug addicts. And I myself, back in the eighties and nineties, had a cocaine addiction. And when I talked to the sheriff and the DEA was there, I said, look. I said, back then when we did it, the only way you would die is if you did too much. I said, now, so I said, now look at me. I said, you know, I work in the pharmaceutical industry and the yeah. diagnostic. I was affiliated with Yale School of Medicine. Yeah. And I was a drug addict, if you want to look at it that way. You know, so yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, and, you know, so yeah, I think it's getting worse. And I think the longer the border stays open, you know, and I, I try not to get political too much on there because I know that if you get political, somebody can shut you down off of social media, but well, we've all experienced that. No, yeah. but, but you know, you're right. I mean, look, the, the, the border is one part of this education, prevention, treatment, right. enforcement, when you've got that stuff flowing across the border. And what we right. know now from Intel is that look, the cartels will flood a bunch of humans across yep. uh, as a uh, distraction to be able to get the drugs, the fentanyl, something else you said is really important. And, um, and that is that, yes, cartels are not just in Mexico anymore. They live amongst us. They moved into a number of these states from Colorado to California, where they got the pot farms. They are absolutely uh, in our communities here in Collin County. You've had a, uh, a bust on the 75 next door in Carrollton. You had three kids die of fentanyl since yeah. December. Yeah. Um, and I think seven over overdoses that ended up surviving. but. Um, how's that stuff getting here? Right. And it's, yeah. it's not rocket science. And so as a society, we know we can't put our heads in the sand. We got to admit we got a problem and that's hard enough. Yeah. Uh, the other recommendation is for every single school out there, participate in the Texas school survey. It's a, it's a confidential survey. Where they, they ask kids, what are you seeing on your campus? And most school districts do not participate in the survey. It's run by the uh, Texas A&M university. It's a state grant. Cost 25 cents per kid, takes a few minutes to do the survey. That data is critical because if you're a school board or a school board member or superintendent anywhere in this state, how do you know if you're doing better or worse uh, at drug prevention in your schools? We all test, right? Whether it's STAR or grading on math, you know how a student's doing well or not. Well, how about the drug issue, folks? Your schools can be ground zero for us for getting a good beat on where we are. And also, you want to feel good about the fact that, hey, our numbers are down year over year. 
right now, many of you across this state, you have no idea because you don't participate in the Texas school survey. And I'll be honest, the reason you don't is because you don't want it to become public that your school's got a drug problem. Let me tell you something. Your school's got a drug problem. There isn't a single school that doesn't have a drug problem. So let's get that out in front and behind us because we can't fix a problem unless we acknowledge one exists. And we've got to get the data so we can get the resources out to these communities. And from a legislative perspective across this country and our state, oh my. I mean, a lot of issues here. The border is one uh, amongst so many. And Mike, it's a blessing to have you on here with us. We might be getting cut off here on the on the time here. But um, I, would you, again, just uh, give the website and, and any closing comments that you'd like to share? Yeah, it's www.25preston7.com. And uh, the last segment I'll make is, you know, it is in every school when Preston was 15 years old and he went to McKinney Boyd. And uh, I said, so what kind of drugs can you get at school? He goes, you can get anything you want at school except one thing. I said, what's that? And he goes, cigarettes, because you have to be 18 to get or 21 to get them. But you can get anything you want. And I literally moved from Dallas Independent School District and the schools were getting bad then. I said, I'm not raising my child there. So I'm moving out to the country. And turns out it's, I mean, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter. It's just McKinney, you, you got a little bit more money to spend now. Than, you know, and so it's it's everywhere. And don't uh, for every parent, don't be in denial. We've all been in high school. We've all been peer pressured. And now it's worse. It really is. And with the isolation and yeah, it's worse. So just well, talk to Mike, I, I know. I know you're saving lives. This message will be seen. Parents will hear it. It's like that little ripple that turns into a tidal wave. And so we've just got to keep beating the drum. One pill can kill. Talk to your kids. Uh, Mike's message is huge. Please visit his website for additional resources, whatever we can do, drugfreemckinney.org. And I just, God bless you all as parents, educators, first responders, medical professionals, Everybody, right? Everybody doesn't matter what those jobs are now, whether you are a, a cook, a mechanic, you we are all on the front lines on this in society. We all have a role to play. So get out there and keep beating the drum about what we have. Uh, Mike, again, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks Thank for you for sharing the, the, the story about your son, Preston, and his tragic loss. But I guarantee you, you are saving lives and that his loss is not, not, not going in vain. So God bless you all. And thank you, everybody, for joining. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Hey, Mike, thank you so much.